Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Cheyenne Hills. Well, welcome back, everyone, to our podcast. And, Kenny, I just want to say there's a bunch of people after our meeting this weekend that we're so appreciative of our podcast. So out there in podcast nation, thank you for the feedback. Seriously. That feel good though. Yeah, it really does. Thank you for, and it's just an honor. It's an honor that that they would take the time to listen to us. And very humbly. I mean, I, I appreciate listening to you, but I'm a bonehead and I don't, (laughs) I don't know why people still listen to me, but thank you. Well, yeah, seriously. (laughs) It is humbly though. It is like, wow. So there's really people listening to this thing. So we got to, maybe we should, you know, really pay attention. No, (laughs) we do pay attention. In fact, uh, working on things, we got some, some ideas on what to do. You know, before we get started, a couple of things I want to say, first of all, um, you know, I listened to one of our podcasts last week because I, I don't know, I just was going through a podcast. I wanted to mm-hmm. listen to this one and it happened to fall in the middle of the week. It was right, right on the, I think it was the day of the George Floyd, um, um, uh, funeral. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized, gosh, you know, when you do these ahead, cause we did that a week right. ahead before, right. before the incident, mm-hmm. that horrible incident. Yeah. And, uh, so, and you realize it's important to be, in the week because there's so much that happens in a week. Is that well, you hear yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. Because we didn't say anything about that. And it almost it almost sounded like, well, these guys don't even don't even acknowledge the fact that there's you know, there's a tragedy that happened and yeah. and uh and I just I just want to be able to take a just a moment to say, you know, um, uh, you know, I, and I we both have expressed this in different ways, but you know, what wow. a what a tragedy in our in our country to yeah. see to see what you know George Floyd's uh, death and the way that that all happened was just was yeah. unbelievably sickening, and then and then the the rioting that was sickening to watch and yeah. all those things as well and and you know you and I've been we've been talking even in staff meeting today it's like okay what can what can we do what is there is there a yeah. way that we can be a part of the healing the solution the without offending anybody and yet loving everybody and it's, right you know i don't right. i don't think we had the answer but it's like uh that we definitely are our hearts are yeah are broken of our brokenness in our in our world well that's right and i know that love covers a multitude of sin that's, that's what good. scripture says yeah. and and I, I you know i think and i really appreciated your heart even bringing that up in staff it's like how do we love and is there anything that we're missing and where wherever that is Let's resolve that yep. because because we want Jesus to be big and He's the only one who can heal. You know, one of the things that that I was real, I don't know, challenged with listening to Tony Evans. He's a mm-hmm. Dr. Tony Evans, a pastor in uh, Oak Cliff Bible Church in Dallas, Texas, and went to the seminary. Uh, graduated several years, few years before I did, but um, boy, he always came back, and you always wanted to listen to <laughs> Tony the Tiger. He was, <laughs> yeah. he is, and was phenomenal. But yeah. I wanted to hear what he had to say. And the one thing he brought up that the sin of, of omission, in other words, what are things that, you know, not necessarily what we're doing, but what we're not doing. Yeah. And, and as we had, a, I thought we had a really good discussion about that. I don't know if we have the answer exactly, but I do know, um, I don't want to be, be guilty of not being a, being able to reach out to somebody to say, Hey man, I'm, I'm sorry of how this is all coming down and, and right. I'd like to hear your story. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, that's really good. And I think um, 
one of the things that came out in staff is is also how we do have people in our yep. a, in our church who have experienced racism, who have experienced yep. injustices and hurts, and and um, boy, even just being aware of that and being able to reach out and love in those places, it's big. Yeah, and and none of that racism we we heard today, every one of those stories. None of them were had anything to do with the police or anything. It was no. all the dealing with just life and words and that, you know, hurtful words. Yeah. It's like, ah. Yeah. People who say that, flippant things. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. stupid and so hurtful. And so. And unnecessary. Unnecessary. Just unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So to all of you out there that maybe, I don't know, have, have, have experienced that, um, I am truly deeply sorry. And I wish there was a way could just wave the magic wand and make that go away but I just we acknowledge the fact that it's it's real and it hurts and and I'm sorry yeah no. um amen amen the um the other thing I wanted to just mention we are in a different location so we may even yes. sound different now right we have moved the CHC studios, studios right and i guess it's the it's still a temporary home right now yeah it transition. actually does feel a little bit more like a studio. Yeah, this it does. Is, it's a little, little more studio-like. Back, it's backstage. Uh, no one's probably ever seen. But we are doing some remodeling in the Wave Bookstore. It's yeah. not going to be the Wave Bookstore anymore. There's going to be some walls. There's going to be some windows. There's going to be a studio. And yep. we just talked to the construction and people and what's going to happen in that corner. And uh, yeah. anyway, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. Did he have any sense of a timeline on uh, that? I didn't ask him. I didn't ask yeah. him. I think they've got to get approvals, and I think we're ready to go as soon as we get the awesome county approval. Yeah. it's. Stuff. I mean, I, lo- I, love, I loved our setup over at the barn. I like our setup here. It yeah. certainly works. Julie and her team have worked hard to put this together, but yeah. um, it'll be really cool when we but get into I that. I definitely... Place. When we get to the new studio, I definitely want to get a piece of glass somehow. <laughs> yeah. So the woman behind the glass yes. can truly be say, the woman there behind she is. the glass. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and people can see her. Oh, yeah. So that's oh, the woman that's behind the, the glass. Behind the glass. Don't even there know her is. name, but that's the that's woman. That's the woman behind the glass. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. I like that. All right. So let's <laughs> dive into Revelation. So what, Galen, what? hold on. Okay, okay. You brought it this weekend, man. I uh, loved your word. That oh, was so man, cool. Thanks. My mother in law, she texted me. Uh, and <laughs> keep this in mind. Um, she's heard me preach for the last to 25 years. I get this text. Best message I've ever heard. It cleared up everything. Thank you. Be sure to thank Galen. I'm like, oh, well, well. why don't you just go talk to him? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> no, it was good. Okay, it, was, so, it was excellent. So re- to return the compliment, the last, you know, the first, I don't know, whenever you preached last, the, my mom was just raving about it. And I, and I did pass that along to you <laughs> yeah, and everything. Yeah. But I mean, it was just like, she was, she was, I get the feeling. It was like, um, <laughs> I know. What am I, chopped liver? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know the feeling. So anyway, I back to you. So oh, anyway, you. that's that's from my mom, and she's a, she's a good critic. Thank too, you. So. Um, so we are we're going to try to fill in some of the gaps. Because one of the things I realized uh, preaching this weekend is that there is no way we have time to <laughs> co- cover what we need to cover right. in this book. Right. And, and one of the things that I didn't get to cover is the structure. And I want to bring this out and... Um, and I'm going to start with Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, because if you really, you know, people will say, well, I just didn't understand the book of Revelation. Right. There is a lot that are, there's, there's some things that are hard to understand for sure, but there's a lot of things that are very clear, and we're, we're instructed to read this book because there is a blessing in reading this book and heeding these words. And so 
But here's the structure that I was taught in seminary. This comes from Walvert. I've got his book here with me as well. Um, but it says this in verse 19, Write, therefore, the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall take place after these things. Okay, and so yeah. Walvert really believes, and, and many others, but uh, I'll refer to this view and, and this unpacking of, of Revelation as Walvert's view, because he really has has been the master of uh, really the master of the book of revelation and and i would say when he was alive nobody nobody really dared to he was the guy he was the go-to guy no one debated his you know you could debate him but he always he brought the goods yeah he was really well versed throughout scripture really all scripture pointing to really this this end time eschatology is what it's called right and um so would you say that he champions really that dispensational view uh, of revelation is sure. that is that a fair way of saying it i think so and and probably the guy that i'll say the most famous of i mean even the the seminary uh dr lewisbury chafer is the one that started the seminary he got the concept of dispensational theology as far as the eschatology especially um from uh c.i schofield yeah C.I. schofield right and then and then before that it was john nelson darby and and darby was the one in the, i think in the late 1800s he's he goes back there quite a ways and he's the one that kind of came up with this idea about the rapture of the church and uh, and championing the idea that there's two different groups of people that god is dealing with uh, israel and the church right and seeing those as distinct that's huge yeah which was a big challenge in his day oh man you know you think about israel's not even a nation at that time they're yeah. kind of scattered people and just referred to as the jews you know so right. uh so for him to to make that distinction was big because the push during that time was really to this replacement theology right. of the church is Israel or is the new Israel kind of mentality. So that that was big. And I, I think, boy, we're really seeing the wisdom of that um, unfold in front of us. And so I would say Walvard and, you know, Pentec- Dr. Pentecost and mm-hmm. some, you know, that era of, of guys, which would be early, mid, you know, 19, I don't know, probably 1945, uh, uh, probably to the 1980s, especially was their major teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ha- I had both of them in in I was in the late nineties or I mean the late eighties early nineties, and they were still alive and still teaching. Um, but they were kind of toward the twilight of their of the career at that particular time. But their main thing is that the main issue they were dealing with was all millennialism. Uh huh. And so mm-hmm. the churches that are all millennial, when all millennial means no millennium, right? Okay, so the. I'm just going to say when millennium, you're talking about the reign of Christ, right? A thousand year reign of Christ. That's right. And so, and and just so you know, that is in revelation chapter 20, I believe the millennium, the millennial kingdom. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the abyss, the great chain in his hand. Uh, Let's see. What does it say? It says something here. Uh, Yeah. And he, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, which is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years threw him into the abyss. And so there's where this a thousand years comes from. It's the it's the millennium of Satan being bound and the millennium of Christ reigning on his throne. And we are the church reigning with, ruling and reigning with him. Now, there's a lot of mystery as to what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's basically the where the millennium comes from. Now, there's some Bible teachers, and I would say really the Catholic Church in particular 
and probably most of the mainline denominational churches um, champion the idea that the amillennial means the millennium has really had already happened. A lot of people believe right. the millennium was the first, I don't know, the thousand years, um, right? And that that it's already happened, or that we're living in the millennium. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the way the story that I remember hearing is that um, most the real popular view was this the fact that you know things are getting better and better and better, and we're going to hand off this you know purified society to Christ when He returns. Once we reconstruct, it's a kind of reconstructionism. Reconstruct this kingdom on earth, mm-hmm. okay. And then once we get there, finally, we're going to hand it off to Christ, and he's going to rule and reign. Um, but what really blew that was World War One, When the world came to war in the early 1900s, everyone, at least theologically, said, you know what, uh, we're in, this, is not, this is not the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Or if it is, we just blew it up. Mm-hmm. And, and every, because of World War One and World War Two, back-to-back, right. the... People really, and started in World War One. People started really reevaluating what they really believed about this millennial kingdom, yeah. and it's like, yeah, this ain't it. Right. If this, you know, this we've been thinking this is a millennium, and this isn't it. So, right. I, is that is that square with some of your background yeah. of understanding? Yeah, exactly. And I would say that m- many, yeah, I'll say most, most views, uh, the four main four main views uh, of of Revelation. Most of them lean towards that, you know, that first thousand years um, after Christ, and and then even, okay, well, there was this thousand years, and now this second thousand years has started, and this is the millennium. So, oh, right. I, you know, I think there's been a most views kind of go down that, but but this dispensational view really gives, um, I, I don't know, an an opening not just in theology but also in history. That that, in my opinion, really makes a lot of sense. Yep. You know, you you just read um, uh, from Revelation chapter twenty, and uh, I, I remember hearing a quote, and I'm 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 going to get the quote off a little bit, so I'm I'm just uh, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was Thomas Jefferson, and he said that the the writings of Revelation were the seemed as if the writings of a madman. Oh wow! Uh, because he couldn't, you know, you can't really make sense of it yeah. uh, just reading through it from a Western perspective. Um, but when you read Revelation chapter one verse three, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Like when you read that, it's this clear. is a place where we should camp out. Yeah, you know, it, it, we. God wants us to know something. The, one of the things that that I would say, Walverd, and really this whole uh, Lewis Barry Chafer, and, the, and and even back to Schofield, one of the things they championed that I think really has resonated. Now, I would say there's a lot of people that still don't believe that this view, right? But not only this view, but it's but the everyone can be. They have their they they have the option of being wrong, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fortunately, you tuned into us to get the exact right, perfect view. That's right. But but the one view thing about this view is it's a literal interpretation of Scripture. Yeah. Most people approach Revelation, especially, and with a uh, what is that called? A like uh, a poetic kind of. Yeah, it's all allegory. Allegory. Yep. You're right. Yep. And so it's like you is really nothing literal about this. It's all allegorical. Now there's certainly allegory in this. No right. question about it. But but there are things that 
I was always told is like when he, when Jesus is speaking or when when he's unveiling something, when John is writing things that are clear, that are to be taken literally, they you know take them as face value. That's the plain literal understanding of scripture. Now that when he if he says like or as, that's those are markers to say okay allegory coming right right it's like this yeah or as a, you know such and such yeah. Yeah. and so those are some markers that we were really trained on on looking at yeah, because when you're hermeneutics yeah. yeah exactly so when you're looking at this scripture there's times that so like the the verse that you just read there wasn't nothing there was nothing in there that said there was allegory it's like blessed right. are those who read right blessed are those who heed and take and so this whole idea of taking in this and so just to kind of finish up, we're, actually, we've already burned through our time. We didn't even get to our topic. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll have to, that'll maybe be the, we did. We'll maybe get to our did. topic tomorrow. That's so right. anyway, but um, but this whole idea of of the things that which uh, you have you have seen, the things that you've seen, the things that are, the things will take place after these things. I want to give this breakdown yeah. as as Walford breaks it down. He says, the things which you have seen is chapter one. That's the unveiling, the apocalypsis. Yeah. Apocalypse, you know, it, people always think it's the, because Hollywood uses it as a, you know, the burned over what's left after this huge. Yeah, scary. Yeah, right. horrible thing. Right. The apocalypse is means unveiling. Yeah. The un- the apocalypsis, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, so we get to see Jesus in his glorified state, yeah. in his in his uh, heavenly garb. And I want to read just a little bit of so what you have seen is chapter one. Let me finish my thought. Yep. Finish uh, what you have seen is chapter one. The things that are that's the church age uh, chapter according to Walver chapters two and three. Those are the seven churches mm-hmm. of Revelation. Those are the things that are. Okay, mm-hmm. and that was certainly true at that time when John wrote. These were the seven churches. Okay, yep. and the things will take place after these things. That's chapter four through the rest of the book. Yep. So you could break this down in chapter one, the things you've seen. Chapters two and three is things that are, which is the church, and then things. And so even chapter four it says after these things, it tells you right there. It's right. just like after these things, after that these things were the church, and after the church is all this unveiling of. You yeah. know the seals that that happen that we're going to be teaching on. Yeah, and so this whole idea that uh, the church is not a part of that tribulation time. Yeah, it's even kind of embedded in this structure, right? Because the church isn't mentioned after chapter four, right? Um, you know, maybe the the church in heaven, but after, especially after chapter six, when he starts breaking those seals, there's no mention, right, of the church, which I'm thoroughly happy about. Yeah, because these seals, there's there's some bad stuff, some scary stuff. scary stuff. Seriously. I, and I'll just say it, and you you brought this up. I loved just before um, our worship service, we get together and and they ask, "What's the one thing?" You know, so so whoever's preaching that weekend shares a one kind of a major thought. And one of the things that that you brought up during that time, Galen, you said, um, "Okay, here's the one thing. Make sure you know Jesus, right? Because there's some crazy stuff happening." Man, no kidding. And everybody think I think people have this thought. Okay, well, I get into tribulation and I'll then I'll you know then I'll really get serious. It's like, yeah. you know what? The Holy Spirit, the way I read it, the Holy Spirit is taken out. Yeah. And so to try to understand the amount of deception that's going to be going on, if you think there's a deception now, what is what's going to be happen when the Holy Spirit's gone, the church is gone, the the, yeah. the restrainer's gone, and you know it's going to be really hard. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have to. Uh, I don't know. It's it, there's, 
it's not impossible because we know that many people do come to Christ, but it's going to be right. uh, a martyr. It, a it's martyrdom. a life and death choice. It's a, mar- it's yeah. a martyrdom, right? Yeah. Um, I want to just finish real quick because I know we're already there. But this, the things that are the things that you've seen. This is the description of Christ, and he stood in the middle of the lampstands, and his head, and his head and his hair were white like wool, like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. They weren't flames of fire, but they. When he saw it, it was he was trying to describe Christ. Is in this, um, and his feet were like burnished bronze, which is this idea of a judgment, even right. like burnished bronze when it was been caused to glow in the furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand were seven stars, and seven. And that's literal. He held seven stars. So what are those seven stars? Probably the seven churches that we're going to get ready to yeah. talk about. Okay, yeah. And and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And that wasn't like. That was some, there's something literal about this. And his face was like the sun shining in its strength. Mm-hmm. So he describes, so John saw the resurrected Christ, and he could only use metaphor to try to describe him. But it's a pretty powerful picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is, this is exciting, Galen. And, uh, you know, you've, you've, we've talked about that standing on hills and looking towards the end. And from the top of this hill, boy, seems like you can see the end a little more clearly. Boy, no kidding. I, that's a, I can't wait to start putting all these pieces on the table. You know, I started this this week, and then there is so much. It's, <laughs> like I, it's like there's so much, so many pieces, and I just want to, I mean, as best I can to flap my arms and say, <laughs> guys, this is a big deal. Yeah. So no anyway, Jesus. well, thanks for tuning in. We're going to... We're going to pick up where we left off here. And uh, in the meantime, be strong and very courageous. God bless you all.